Block Sports, Big 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 Block Sports. Big Block Sports, we are live. It is week three in the National Football League. We have endless games to talk about, endless scores, endless results. Um, so much action. I don't know if I've ever been a part of a season where so many games are coming down to the last minute. I remember this weekend specifically, um, I have the NFL Red Zone channel and literally uh, at the end of all the four o'clock games, every game they were trying to show the field goal coming in. So I had three different games. It was the, the Vikings game. Um, it was the... Dang, I don't even remember all the games right now. It was the Vikings game because the Vikings missed a kick. So the Cardinals won. Um, it was, let me bring up my notes here. That's probably what I should do. Um, so it was the Vikings game that came down to a field goal. It was the Titans game that came down to a field goal. I almost forgot about Monday night that came down to the wire. So there were definitely a couple of blowouts last week. And we'll talk about where I was right and where I was wrong momentarily. Um, but so much action. You know, I, again, I don't think, I don't know what it is this season that's that's brought on the crazies. But uh, for whatever reason, hey, you know, 2-0. You know, what's better than 1-0? 2-0. San Fran rolled past the Philadelphia Eagles and again I'm loving I'm loving so much what I'm loving so much about the two games that we played is both of them are going to be great tests for future games games that mean more teams that are more talented we've already prepared right uh, the first game with the Lions it really showed us that any given Sunday we need to be coming with our a game um, so they learned that and that allow that'll be something we have in our toolbox when we get in a tough game or if we get ahead on a team that we know we should be dominating, we'll keep our foot on the gas. And then second, the game uh, last Sunday versus the Eagles, I think we had an opportunity to see how we handled a mobile quarterback. And I think for the most part, keeping a mobile quarterback from throwing a lot. We did a great job of, I think at the end of the game, and I don't know if this was because of the defensive alignment at the end, when they were driving to try and come back, he got loose a couple of times. I saw a couple of times where D Ford would speed around the edge. Um, and, you know, it's almost like Hertz. That's what he was waiting for. He was waiting for a speed guy to come around the corner and he would leak out to that right side. He did that several times, one time for 20, uh, large runs he picked up. But, you know, um, I think, again, like I talked about in episode one, maybe it was episode two. I'm, I don't remember. I talk so much during these episodes. But the philosophy of our, our defense, again, 20 to 20, hey, do what you got to do, right? For example, that 91-yard pass, hey, it happened, right? They got down to the red zone. But when we get down into that red zone, it's very difficult for teams it's going to be very difficult for teams to score because that is our focus defensively. Hey, you could have all the yards you want from 20, from the 20 to the 20. Go for it. Throw passes wherever. Run all over the place. We're an excellent tackling team. You're going to earn every yard. And when you get down into that red zone, please believe 
you got to bring your A-game and not no whack-ass Philly special remix. <laughs> I, I, and I, I love, I don't want to say I love the Eagles coach, um, you know, because I, I would say I appreciate, you know, his, his gumption in the game because he knows, right? He knows the 49ers are top tier. He knows he's, his team is the underdog. And at every chance that he got a chance, at every chance that, that every chance there was for him to go for it, he did be a fourth down. He went to fourth down several times. Now, the play calls on fourth down, most of them were really dumb, um, including that Philly special remix. Um, but I can appreciate his desire and his understanding that, hey, no risk it, no biscuit. Um, so excellent, excellent week two win for the 49ers. And I'm looking forward to our first major, major test, which is the Green Bay Packers one and one coming to town. We're going to be in the classic red uh throwbacks those are always really sweet i prefer personally the all white the white on white is just so clean to me but the reds are also fire um so i'm looking forward to this weekend's game um a little late on this week's podcast if you i'm trying my best not to sniffle or to sneeze or to cough during this episode so uh, hopefully you won't have to hear any sniffling because I do. I did pick up a bit of a bug, uh, nothing too major, just like a, a little bit of a head cold, congestion, sneezing, um, which also led me to, hey, I'm standing up now. If you notice, we're at a little bit of a different angle. Got I, I got a little more room here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see me doing my thing. Um, dang, and I just sniffled. I apologize. Um, but yeah. Let's get into this week's show. We're going to do things a little bit differently. So this is going to be a little bit of a shorter of a broadcast. Um, I'm going to leave the week three picks, which I normally do at the end um, of a recap for another video. Right. So we're going to have two week three videos and that'll kind of be the format going forward just to make things more digestible. And then for me, it allows me to really focus on a storylines for one episode. Right. Obviously, a recap where I was right, where I was wrong. Um, and then episode three, I'm sorry, the next episode of the next part of episode three, I should say, which is the week three picks will be its own entity. And I can really focus on money lines and spreads and all of those wonderful things that I, I honest, I'll be totally honest. I've done a lot of Googling over the last couple of weeks, and I know so much more about how you can make money um, and how you can bet and how you can lose money. Um, so please don't take my advice as gospel, but how you could possibly win uh, some money when it comes to betting on NFL games. And as usual, it's right about in this time of the show where, yeah, I hear the music. It's it's time. It's time to set it off. And how are we going to set it off this week? We're going to talk about the most dangerous Oh, and two team. Most dangerous. Oh, and two. Now, when I say most dangerous, do I think this team is going to be a world beater? Probably not. Do I think that this team is going to blaze the rest of the season? And uh, what is it? 17 games now. So they would be 15 and two. I don't think that either. I don't think they will go undefeated from here on out. But when I say most dangerous 0 and two team, I mean a team that's going to be most likely to make the playoffs, possibly win the division. Um, so most dangerous 0-2 teams. I know you got a couple teams in mind. 
Um, and I'll break it down to you specifically which team I'm rolling with that I think will be able to bounce back from 0-2 and make the playoffs. You know, there's tons of those statistics. Once a team goes 0-2, further on into 0-3, 0-4, -4, their, their probability of making the playoffs changes significantly. Um, so let's get into the most dangerous 0-2 team. Dangerous. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six. 0-2 teams in the NFL right now. No shockers. Jets and the Giants, 1-2. We got the Vikings. We got the Detroit Lions. We have the Atlanta Falcons and the Indianapolis Colts. Um, like I said, when I say dangerous, I'm going to consider these things. I'm going to consider the team's talent level, their front office and coaching staff. Um, the teams they faced so far, how they lost those games. Their previous season, you know, kind of are they on a track on their on an upward trend? Are they on a downward trend? Are they getting older, younger, rebuild, retool, whatever phrase you want to use? And then my overall feelings with, you know, how I believe they will do. So that's kind of what my um, matrix is when it comes to how I'm evaluating the situation. Um, so when we consider talent level and coaching staff and uh, all of that right off the bat, we can cut three teams out of this list. Right. Giants, Jets. Lions, get out of here. I don't I don't think any of these teams that that might be your your 2022 draft order. Uh Giants, Jets, and Lions. I think the Lions are probably still the better team out of those three. Um, but Giants, Jets, Lions, we can eliminate them. I know the Lions lost two games to some really good teams. Now the Lions probably had the biggest challenge, that first of all, being the Lions, challenge number one. Challenge number two, San Francisco first game out, right? New coaching staff, new whatever, 49ers come into town. Boom, you're like, all right, we had a good showing. What happens next? Green Bay's coming to town in front of everybody on Monday night. So um, I, I feel for the Lions. I, I also believe like, Man, I think Dan Campbell is actually going to be a pretty good coach. I know he had a stint here in Miami because I'm I, I'm local in Miami. Um, he had a stint here where he was the interim coach when they let go of Philbin, who was a, a loser too. But when he he had the Dolphins temporarily, he did good um, getting the Dolphins to win a couple games as an interim, I believe. Um, and I think he also had a couple of interim situations in New Orleans in in um in place of Sean Payton for you know I can't really remember what but I know he's had a couple of opportunities to be an interim uh head coach and I really like Diane Campbell and and, and I thought what was interesting uh about his staff is if you look a lot of former players right like it's not uncommon for uh, a coaching staff to be comprised of former players but literally uh, I want to say the offensive coordinator uh, Deuce Staley, former player. The quarterback's coach, Mark Brunel, a former player. Uh, I don't recall the defensive coordinator, but they were, they're were they all former players. Um, so it really speaks to their ability to communicate, and it's not something you see a lot. So shout out to the Lions. You know, they, they're not going to make this list, but, you know, I'm pretty sure there's some list coming up that they will make. Um, I also wonder, though, as far as Dan Campbell, like when we talk about the buy-in, 
Is it just that he's so much different than Patricia? And everybody's just like, yo, this is way better than before. And maybe he's not that much better, but he's just different. Um, so, yeah. The Giants, um, you know, I'm not really sure where they are. You know, I mean, they got the QB, which is usually the first part of the rebuild. So they thought they got the blue chip running back and Saquon Barkley, you know, when he's healthy. They probably also thought Galladay would be more of an item. You know, in Detroit, he was kind of a great he was a great player in Detroit I know I had him on a fantasy team he went off every week um, but so far it hasn't really come to fruition yet defensively it's kind of the same again they got Danny Shelton Leonard Williams Reggie Ragland Adoree Jackson you know those are all names we know either from the draft or just from being names household names that we're familiar with from other teams um, but what do they really bring into the team you know they, they it's almost like they seem primed for a rebuild in the middle, in the middle of their rebuild, like in the middle of the rebuild, they're like, yeah, this is a good time to rebuild again. So I'm not really sure what their plan is. The coaching situation is also a little fishy. So good luck to the Giants. Good luck to the Giants fans. It's going to be a long season. The Jets, um, you know, I also feel like um, the Jets are in a rebuild for sure, right? They got a new coach, new players, new quarterback. Um, I do believe in Robert Sala. Maybe that's just a little 49ers bias. Um, but I do think he has the ability to turn that situation around probably even more than uh, the Giants. But overall, New York football, man, it's got to suck. Excuse me again for the sniffles. I'm trying to whew, keep them at a minimum. So uh, cut off those three teams. That leaves us with three other teams, the Vikings, the Falcons, and the Colts. So let's go ahead and cross the Falcons off the list. Sitting at 0-2, they're in a division with the Tampa Bay Bucks. They just won the Super Bowl. They're in a division with the Carolina Panthers. They're 2-0. And the Saints are retooled. They're still Sean Payton. They're still the weapons as far as Kamara. Defensively, they're still stout. I know they had a tough game most recently. The old Jameis showed up. He must have grabbed a couple crab legs on the way to the game. Um, but don't sleep on the Saints. And I just don't think the Falcons have a chance to contend in their division, uh, let alone, you know, talking about the league. Also, one of those losses are a division loss. So when we talk about their ability, when we say most dangerous, being able to make the playoffs, they already have one loss in the division. So it's really not looking good. Um, again, red zone. I was able to catch some of their last game with the Buccaneers. Um, and it was pretty good. I'll be totally honest. In the beginning, um, the Falcons showed some gumption. They showed some ability to contest. Um, but eventually, the Buccaneers started to blow the doors off. Um, two pick sixes in one game, which is great. By the same dude, um, which is crazy. Matt Ryan, I think he's still effective. Pitts, uh, Kyle Pitts led the team in receptions. Um, I want to say he might have also led the team in yards. Offensive line and running back leave a lot to be desired for the Falcons. I think Calvin Ridley is an excellent young wide receiver, um, but he ain't no Julio Jones. You know, I think at this point in his career, he's probably not even Marvin Jones, who is actually a lot better than people give him credit for. But, you know, I, I think he will get there. And I think he still will put up numbers because Matt Ryan can still deal. And he's still the primary wide receiver threat now that Julio Jones has left. Um, so, Cutting out the Falcons, get out of here, throw them out the club. 
And then we got two teams left, and that's the Colts and the Vikings. I'll give you a second to think about it. Okay, Colts and the Vikings. Let's do some A and B comparisons right now, right? Because that's what it's about. It's about comparing these two teams. I really think one of these two teams at the end of this, we're going to figure out is the most dangerous 0-2 team. Let's start with the head of every NFL football team, the quarterback. So you have Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins, and you're like, this is a catch-22, right? Hell or high water? <laughs> um so we got Wentz this season, 65% completion percentage, 500 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, a 95 QBR in two games. We got Kirk Cousins, 71% completion percentage, 595 yards, five touchdowns, um, zero interceptions, 112 QBR. I think between those two, if we just look at the stats, I'm going to go with Cousins, in reference to his stats, A, um, and then durability. I mean, for what it's worth, when has Kirk Cousins ever really missed a game due to health? I'm trying to think, when is the last time? I cannot remember the last time, either those three years where he was franchise tagged in Minnesota, I'm sorry, in uh, Washington. And then since he's been in Minnesota, I don't really remember him missing any games. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, you you're you're surprised he's at the game. You know, when he when he had that foot injury, it was like, oh well, what else is new? Then they said, oh, he about to start. Everybody was like, word? He's starting? That's crazy. Um, so I think Cousins gives us the biggest upside when it comes to health. But what I will say, when we look at the completion percentage, when we look at the number of touchdowns, the number of yards, the QBR, it's not that far off considering the fact that. Cousins is playing with Dalvin Cook, right? Elite screen game running back, catching the check down, taking it for 50 yards. Adam Thielen, right? Third down, slot, outside, in route, out route, in and out, left and right. Like the dude is a route running specialist. And Justin Jefferson is just a freak. Like the dude can't be covered, single coverage. Um, he has speed. He has moves. I watched a breakdown. Shout out to Alex Rollins on YouTube. I watched a breakdown on Justin Jefferson. And he broke down how not only is he physically gifted, mentally he's gifted enough, even at this early stage of his career, to set up his defensive backs for future routes that he knows or he feels like are going to come up in the game plan. He's setting these dudes up and all, all his releases look the same compared to Wentz, right? Wentz is throwing to three backs, right? And I, I feel like all three of them still don't equal to one Dalvin Cook, but um, Taylor uh, Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, they're effective. Um, they are, they're not the worst backs in the league. Um, they're not the best backs in the league. They could do a lot worse than Indianapolis. I think three of them together comprise a great running back, but not all three of them together do not equal to Dalvin Cook. Um, and then at wide receiver, we got Michael Pittman, right? In year two, um, some dude named Zach Pascal, and I'm sorry, I didn't get a chance to look him up, and I'm not too familiar. I know I got some Indianapolis Colts fans out there. If you want to check me on Zach Pascal, please do. And I know Paris Campbell um, because him and McLaurin kind of came out in the same year, but Paris Campbell's been hurt. He had an injury last season. Um, so the cupboard isn't quite bare. Uh, you notice I have not mentioned T.Y. Hilton because he's, he's MIA. 
um, injured. So the cupboard isn't bare, but the Colts are going to need to go shopping soon. Now, Colts offensive line, Kelly, Nelson, Fisher, definitely have the edge over these three, those three positions on the Vikings depth chart, right? For all the talent that the Vikings have on the field, I honestly, though, believe the shortcomings with the Vikings, given all their talent, really has to do with off the field. And I'm talking about big Z-I-M, the big Zimmer, right? And I'm not trying to in any way discount his tenure in the league, uh, his established platform as a head coach. But I do feel like for whatever reason, his time in Minnesota is coming to an end. Um, I think he's getting more and more ornery in the media. I think he's getting... Is expressing frustration more publicly, not just with the media themselves, but with players. He's just throwing whoever under the bus. Um, and I know he's a he's a he's a he's a straight up and down guy. He's not really going to sugarcoat things. So I know that's part of his persona. Um, but I, I don't know who exactly has the final calls on offense um, with Zim being a defensive guy. I just feel their offense doesn't show me anything in this today's NFL. Right excuse me um so i went and looked into you know the minnesota vikings kind of offensive uh coaching tree i guess you can say so before uh the the current coordinator gary kubiak right who's you know gary kubiak everybody knows him broncos backup quarterback to john elway for so many years uh brought the texans to fruition uh as a coach um so he actually moved on from being the coordinator uh, in 2019, and who replaced him? Well, his son, Clint Kubiak, right? So um, there's probably not going to be a lot, not a lot of evolution in their offensive philosophies, given the fact that it's basically Kubiak 2.0 at the helm. Um, so I can appreciate them wanting to keep that air of consistency. I don't think that's the NFL now, right? I think I think teams need innovation. I think teams need variety. I think the best offensive coordinators put their teams in position to make plays. And I feel like watching the Vikings offense in these last two weeks, they either expect Dalvin Cook to break 100 tackles. Uh, they expect Justin Jefferson to run by everybody. There doesn't seem to be like a lot of schematics. It's kind of like watching a team play checkers when in actuality they have the opportunity to play chess. Um, so I got to give the nod on that aspect when we're talking about coaching staffs to Frank Wright. For a starter, his offensive coordinator is a guy named Marcus Brady. And after some effective Googling, because, you know, I'm good for Googling something, um, I learned he's actually a CFL guy. He was a former quarterback in the CFL. And if you've never watched the CFL, it's basically like arena ball on a full size field. Right. So the ball is slung all over the place. Um, every team is running some version of a run and shoot three wide, four wide, five wide. I don't know. Sometimes it looks like there's seven wide receivers on the field in CFL. Um, they only got three downs, three. They punt. They're punting. They're punting, right? On second down, bro. <laughs> They're punting on third down. My bad. I can't even get the rules right. They're punting on third down. Um, so totally different game. Definitely have to consider... Three downs, yo, you got to throw. Ain't no room for no BS running play because after that, it's basically one down to get 10 yards. And then in the field, the field looks huge. It's like they're running forever. The end zones are like 20 yards long instead of 10. 
Um, even though the field's only 50 yards longer, it looks, it feels like they're playing on a huge stadium concourse. Um, and the motions in the CFL, right? All the loops, they can actually run towards the line of scrimmage in the CFL. And we're already seeing some of that kind of come to the game. It's still an illegal shift to move towards, but we now have these looping motions and these um, speed outs motions that I feel like came from the CFL game. Um, and I see that that creativity in the Colts offense. Again, they got three effective running backs. Um, they have a decent tight end squad um, between Mo Ali Cox and I want to say Doyle uh, is the gentleman's name. And their wide receivers, again, they're 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 NFL players, right? I'm not going to discount them at all. And I think again, Carson Wentz has the arm talent. Um, he has the legs to to move around the pocket. I think for Carson Wentz, it's all it's up here. You, if you're watching, if you're listening audio, I'm tapping my head right now. It's up here for Wentz. But again, the situation, him going to a coordinator where he was successful with Frank Reich when he was in Philadelphia, good fit. Um, long story short, rolling with the coaches uh, on the Colts. Um, I don't know if you're keeping score, but things are still basically clear as mud. I I'm still undecided as to which team is going to be most dangerous. Defense also got to take the Colts. Um, and this also leads to my previous point around Zim, right? He's old school. He still thinks Pat Pete is an island corner. He's not. Um, Breland, the other corner, asked the Chiefs how they feel about Brashad Breland. Obviously, he's in Minnesota for a reason. Harrison Smith is elite. He's one dude right? He comes damn close, right? They're making every play, but he can't. Um, last season, they finished 28th in yards allowed. They gave up 40 points three plus times. This season, they've already given up 27 points to Burrow in the Bengals and 34 points to the Cardinals. It's not off to a good start. Uh, Barr is hobbled. I know they had uh, Nick Vigil come in. He, he's he, in spelling of Barr. He actually had a pick six. So good job for the backup. But again, Barr is a starter for a reason. Now the Colts, on the other hand, um, you know, they're kind of dealing with their own reclamation project. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, you know, again, another, another fellow Florida State Seminole. Um, who's in and out? He hasn't actually played yet this season. Um, but I do like um, the other corner, Rakia Sin. But up front is really what I like about the Colts and why I'm going to take their defense. Quiddy Pay, obviously Defoe, former 49er legend, and Darius Leonard, the maniac, right? You have to be, you have to be a certain type of player to have the nickname the maniac, right? Not a maniac, meaning, hey, there's a bunch of maniacs. You happen to be one of them. He is the maniac um, at linebacker. Um and overall, it's a stout defensive front. So I'm rolling with the Colts defense over the Vikings. So what do you think so far? Clear-cut winner? I'm, I'm checking my notes again. I'm I, After all this analysis, I'm still not even really sure what team to roll with. Um, so I decided at this point in my evaluation, it's not really even going to be about the teams themselves. Because, um, again, they both kind of layer cancel each other out you know if you do math hey carry the one damn that one cancels with that one whoops that's what we're experiencing here now when we go through the teams um so i decided 
what's really going to set these, what's really going to help me decide is maybe not the teams themselves, but the road that they have to travel, right? So the Vikings also lose this variable. They come in at number five out of 32 teams when we talk about strength of schedule. So out of the most difficult schedule being number one, right, the easiest schedule being number 32, the Vikings are number five, right? That's one, two, three, four, five, top five on the wrong list. We don't want to be top five on strength of schedule, but they are. Um, their opponent win percentage is 53%. The Colts, the Colts, are coming in at number 23 with the opponent's win percentage of 47, right? So again, hardest schedule, number one, easiest schedule, number 32, Vikings, number five, high, high up on the difficult schedule list. Um, Minna, sorry, Indianapolis, 23, right? Down low towards the bottom. Um, then I started looking at the divisions, right? The Vikings are still looking at all of their division games. Now, that includes two versus Green Bay, two versus the Bears. And even though two, those two versus the Lions might seem like slam dunks, I, I, can't, I can't guarantee with the Vikings kicking situation and their defense that those two games uh, to Detroit are going to be slam dunks. So again, we got two versus Green Bay, two versus the Bears. I can't really pick them. I have to see how the rest of the season goes, but I can't really pick them flat out winning any of the Green Bay games. They could possibly split with the Bears. They could possibly split with the Lions. But anyway, it's tough sledding. Now, let's look at the Colts. You guys ready? The Colts. Here we are. Two more games versus the Texans in the bag. Two more games versus the Jags in the bag if they can split with the titans which we don't know which titans team is going to come to that game because we saw two totally different titans teams over the last two weeks well they could easily slide into the wild card so my most dangerous oh and two team right now are the colts i think given the schedule the talent the losses they've taken, right? They took their 0-2, but now they didn't they didn't lose to the Bengals, bro. They lost to the they barely lost to the Rams, and then they lost to the Seahawks. Two of the best teams in the NFL right now. Um I'm gonna pick them. I think Minnesota has way more talent on the field offensively, like I said before, but it's really about the complete pitcher. And I'm taking the Colts. What do you guys think? You know, let me know your thoughts. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know something. Hit me up at Big Block Sports on Twitter, IG, Facebook. You can email me BigBlockSports1 at Gmail. What do you think? Am I off base with the Colts? I know there's one, one Colt fan out there who's riding hard for his team. Braylon, I hope you hear this. If this, if you do, this is for you. Shout out to the Colts. My most dangerous 0-2 team. Get some water here. Big show. That bottle was basically empty. That was a waste of a sip. As we do every week, let's recap. Let's recap. Let's recap week two. A lot of great games. I made a lot of picks. If you don't know what picks I made, go back. Go watch week two video. 
at the end i got the timestamp so you don't have to watch the whole hour video you can click, click click right to the week two picks but let's go through it uh raiders steelers man i was wrong are the raiders good are they are the raiders good did, did mike mayock finally fit like did mayock fix things i still don't know you know um great showing against the ravens great showing Steelers, great showing. Are they good, though? I'm not sure. But I picked the Steelers. I was wrong. Darn. That's one L. Broncos, Jags. I picked the Broncos. They won by 10. Easy money. Bills, Dolphins. I picked the Bills. 35 zip. Dolphins. And now Tua is hurt. Um, so interesting to see what's going to develop there in Miami. I know there's a lot of stories about Deshaun Watson going to Miami um, with Tua being hurt. He's out indefinitely with some rib crack, cracked ribs. Who knows, you know, what they do. Tyrod Taylor's out now in Houston. Do they decide to, um, you know, bring Watson back? Who knows? But I was right. Tampa Bay, Atlanta. I picked Tampa Bay, 48 to 25. Tampa Bay, I was right. It's easy money. Easy money. Until, until somebody shows me something, you got to pick the Bucks. I know everybody saw the Cowboys game. I was like, ooh, the Bucks. Look out. Paper champions. Mm, not so much. San Francisco versus Philadelphia. I picked San Francisco. I was right. Again, I told, I told, uh, I put it in my week two video. Jalen Hurts is going to test us. Their wide receivers are going to test us. They did. They almost got two deep bombs. One, the dude stepped out of bounds. Appreciate it. Second one, he got one, but we made the tackle, and that's what it's about. Don't give up on the play. Pick San Francisco. San Francisco won. Let's go. Next game. Shocking development in Carolina. Are the Panthers the next team? They might be. Stout pass rush. CMC. Sam Darnold playing like a quarterback. They got wide receivers. They got a defense. Shout out to Carolina. 2-0. Don't sleep on them. But they surprised me. I really thought the Saints had their number. Spanked them, boys. 26-7. Uh, so I was wrong. I was wrong there. But I'm not upset about that. That's, that's the Saints' fault for making me wrong. What's up with that? Patriots, Jets, pick the Pats. It's the Jets, bro. Don't pick. It's almost like the opposite of the Bucks, right? You don't pick the Jets until somebody shows you that they're worse than the Jets. <laughs> but I picked the Patriots. They won 25 to 6. Uh, another young quarterback bowl, right? The first time we had Tua versus Mac Jones. This time we had Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, you know, hey, he's a Jets quarterback. I don't know what people were expecting. They thought he was Willie Joe. Thought Willie Joe was coming back. Willie Joe is not coming back. Zach Wilson is not Willie Joe Davis. Um, but pick the Patriots. I was right. I picked the Cardinals this week, and they almost let me down. <laughs> but I, I picked the Cardinals, and they won. Uh, the Vikings, man. If there isn't a, is there a team more stricken at the end of games missing kicks than the Vikings? I don't think so. 
I mean, I know the Saints have had their uh, end game um, situations happen on, you know, the, what was it, the the miracle? I forgot what they called it, but, you know, Diggs caught the ball at the end of the game versus Minnesota. Um, so the Saints had a couple heartbreaks. Then they had the pass interference on Robe, Bradley Roby uh, that should have been called. It wasn't called. They ended up getting uh, the play there. Poor Saints. But anyway, back to the Vikings. Damn, bro. Whew. But anyway, I picked the Cardinals and they won. So shout out to the Cardinals. Um, but they got to step it up. That's the Vikings, bro. Like, let's get it together. Uh, Browns and the Texans. I picked the Browns. The Browns won. Easy money, bro. Like, again, until somebody shows me they're worse than the Texans, don't pick the Texans. Especially now with their quarterback situation. And I got a, I got an interesting perspective here. Uh, we're about 37 minutes in. I'll share it for another I'll share it for another episode. Uh, but I, I got a, I got a suggestion for the Texans. And it's around the quarterback situation. And you're probably wondering, you know, what what's my suggestion? And I'll give you a little teasy here. What if I told you there's a Pro Bowl level? He never made the Pro Bowl, but he has made a Super Bowl. He set playoff records in the NFL. He set records in the NFL as a quarterback, and he's totally available now. If the Texans want him, totally available. Come in, start, can win some games, but that's only if the Texans want him. If you think you know, if you think you know who I'm talking about, let me know, but I'll share that for another episode. Rams versus the Colts. Again, we just talked about the Colts, but I picked the Rams. I'm picking NFC West just because we the best division in the NFL. Um, every team was almost undefeated again, except for a last second situation, which we'll talk about here in Seattle. Um, but yeah, I picked the Rams. The Rams won 27-24. Bears versus the Bengals. Again, I picked the Bears. Bengals scored 17 points. Um, Dalton went down. Fields coming in as he should have been in the game forever. Um, but I picked the Bears. The Bears won. Yay me. Titans and Seahawks. I picked the Seahawks. And then the, the Seahawks freaking blew it, bro. Shout out to the Titans for playing a tough game. Coming through in the end to win it. Um, Seahawks let me down. But that's what Seahawks do. They let you down. Uh, Cowboys and Chargers. I picked the I picked the Chargers, and I was wrong. Dang! Shout out to the Cowboys, man. Got that dub. I don't know what they were doing at the end of the game. You you. <laughs> is this this is what I said last episode, right? Cowboys go to Cowboy. You you make you make a great play to get down the field. To set up an easy go-ahead kick, forty-yard, thirty-seven, whatever the yard kick was, it was a, it was, it wasn't a chip shot, but hey, it was a kick that the kicker could make in his sleep. Not if he was a Minnesota kicker, but the Cowboys kicker, if he could make it in his sleep. And then what do the the Cowboys do? They get a delay a game <laughs> to make the kick that much longer. So now. A slam dunk kick at the end of the game now becomes another nail biter of a situation. But they made the kick 
and I was wrong. The Cowboys won. Shout out to Nodas Sports. I know he's a huge Cowboys fan. He was exceptionally excited. So good for the Cowboys. Uh, let's see what happens with the rest of their season. And then we had Sunday Night Football. I picked the I picked the Chiefs, and I'm not mad at that pick. I'm not mad at the way the game turned out. Um, again, one-point game. Lamar finally came through, beat the Chiefs, got that monkey off his back, as they say. Um, but shout out to the Ravens winning the game against the Chiefs. I think we saw uh, two young quarterbacks going at it. But that that it, what we saw is Mahomes' fatal flaw. For all of his incredible talent, for all of his ability to process the game, he does too much sometimes, bro. He does too much. I think he gets high when we see when we when Sports Center plays his little no look throws or him falling down, throwing down off the back foot, throwing underhanded like between his whatever. He gets high off of that. And if you notice now, he doesn't throw the ball away anymore. Every time he's running around, he's trying to make another one of these incredible plays. And I think that he needs to get that under control because that's going to be his downfall. And as we see in the game against the uh, Ravens, it cost him an interception. And then with the fumble subsequently after it cost him the game, the fumble was by the running back. But again, Mahomes, you good, bro. You good. You don't need to impress us anymore. You don't need to impress Andy Reid. You you you're not that you're not that um rookie quarterback who had to sit behind Alex Smith and prove that you could be more in the air raid. Like, you know, everybody thought, oh, you know, air raid quarterback, he's not gonna be able to adjust the NFL game. And you show people you won a championship. You don't have to do that much, bro. Play within yourself. And things will go well. Take my advice. Um, but with that being said, your boy, right? Last week, nine and seven, NFC East playoff champion, right? Locking down the NFC East at nine and seven. Your boy is moving up in the world. 11 and five this week. I forgot the Green Bay game, just like the Lions did. <laughs> Green Bay, what? I also picked Green Bay. But with that, 11 and 5. 11 and 5. 11 wins, 5 losses. That's me, Big Block Sports. Check out the next episode for week three picks. Again, most dangerous 0 2 team, Indianapolis Colts. 11 and 5 in my week two picks. Stay tuned for the week three picks coming up in the next episode right after this one. I'm going to post both of them at the same time, just separating them so it's easy to ingest both at the same time. But yeah, Big Block Sports, episode three, week three on the way. We out.